You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 108, Thursday. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you talk about Thursday on Monday because, ooh, I need your love eight days a week, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. Can we talk about Ganglia instead, please? No, yeah. we're talking about Thursday. Okay, just this once. Uh, talking about Thursday on Monday. Wrap your mind around that. It's really hard, too, because everybody's like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, uh, this week for discography discussion, we're doing Thursday. And people are like, who cares what day you're recording? And I'm like, no, we're doing Thursday. We could do the Sundays. I'd be done with that. There you go. I have to cover every band. There's got to be a band name, a band named after every day of the week. What we should be doing is talking about Adam's family on Movie Mosh. That way we could reference Wednesday. We could do that. <laughs> God. I wasn't ready for that one. So, guys, Thursday, not really a metal band. We're, we're doing that whole not always talk about metal band thing. The next one needs to be the Sundays. Wild Horses is an awesome song. It's well, we can't, just, we can't just abandon the metal tag two weeks in a row. That would be crazy. Uh, okay. Especially after what you guys are about to say and how, you know, I'm going to need new friends after this episode. I hate this band. I can't stand it. Dan says we're going to talk about Thursday. I cringed. I sat down. I listened to it. I'm here to record the show. Can I go home now, please? You're already at home, Joe. You're at home, dude. (laughs) I have no way out. It's not fair. We all are. We're actually all at home. This time, it's my fault. Yeah, it usually is Jeff's fault. But what's not Jeff's fault is my picking Thursday. I picked Thursday to talk about this week because they are one of my favorite bands. And they're kind of a nostalgia band for me. I, I really mainly enjoy their first three albums more than probably the rest of it. Yeah, see, I'm just the opposite. Oh, shocker. The further we get into the discography, the the more I like them. And I think it's mainly because Jeff becomes more of a... Uh, a singer instead of sounding like somebody who had his nose broke with a two by four while trying to sing at the same time. Well, before we start talking about broken noses, that's <laughs> <laughs> a good thing that we're not in the same studio for this episode. I have a feeling. <laughs> what the audience doesn't know is I sent everybody home because we were all about to get in a fist fight. But it's mostly Jeff's fault. <laughs> yes, and that would be Jeff Rickley. Oh man, yeah, he's another G off. That's right. Yeah, I don't know who I love more, Jeff Rickley or Jeff Kane. It's probably Jeff Kane. Better be. Yeah, well. I actually visit you. I will say that uh, Jeff Rickley makes me feel better than Jeff Kane. Ah! Makes me super happy. Anyway, yeah, Thursdays were definitely one of my favorite bands. They kind of introduced me to the whole, like, I don't want to say Screamo because this is not Screamo, but... To a lot of people, they might consider it that it's the it's the melodic emo music with some screaming thrown into it. We'll put it that way. And uh, you know, the first album I actually heard by them was called Full Collapse. I think that was the one that most people who knew anything about this kind of music that would probably be the first Thursday album they heard. Although they did have a debut before that as well. Well, before Dan forces me to write a segue into this ad read, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We're on Spotify, 
Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion Podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. You know, we love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. And the reason we love them so much is because, well, they help us get recommended to other listeners of other podcasts. You see, the whole world is run by robots or algorithmic robots. All they're trying to do is recommend cool stuff for us. So in order to get recommended, we have to have reviews. We appreciate everybody who has reviewed us so far. And we will actually read the reviews on the show, no matter what, as we've done in the past. So send those reviews and people can hear your beautiful words coming out of my not-so-beautiful voice. We had an email from Jeremy Prince, as we often do. He says, uh, for the Crucified episode, Hey, fun episode. Love Doug. Loved that magazine so much. Fun to hear some history. Also, you guys talked about the Crucified and Pantera. I couldn't tell you exactly what podcast I heard it on. I'm guessing Urban Achiever. But Mark tells a story about opening up for Pantera and how nice Phil was to him. Also, how Phil told the sound guy that the Crucified had to be given the same sound mix as they were getting. It's very interesting to to hear the Crucified with the same sound mix as Pantera. I could probably get down on that. Probably would just watch the Crucified and then leave. Uh, I think as I stated on the Crucified episode, but... That's uh, that's pretty interesting, and yeah, it does seem like they have played some shows with Pantera. To answer Doug's question a week later, when he's not here to hear it, yeah, the in- I'm kind of curious. Was it the uh, which Pantera was it? Yeah, because I mean, Crucified goes back. Yeah, I know. So, are we talking Dude Bro Pantera or Hair Metal Pantera? It'd have to be Dude Bro Pantera because Hair Pantera stopped in what eighty eight, eighty nine. And Crucified was basically touring on their self-titled release. Yeah, I mean, Phil did uh, Power Metal with Glamterra. Which is an amazing album. But from there on out, hey, it's Phil's best vocals. That's interesting. I would have never really thought of putting those two bands together on a bill, but it kind of makes sense if you really think about it. So uh, we got a a Facebook message from uh, Pekka Olia. Great in-depth discussion about bands that were a major part of my youth. I love how I get inspired to listen to my favorite old metalcore albums with the same excitement that I had in the mid-2000s. Thank you guys for that. P.S. Review some Finnish metal band discographies. Best regards, Finnish Metalhead. Well, thank you, Finnish Metalhead. I uh, I think Jeff can help us with that. Yep, I really, really, really want to do a Ghost Brigade episode. I've been pushing for that for over a year now. Maybe I can finally get these dumb fucks to actually listen to me for a change. Well, we'll definitely uh, give it a shot, but I think after tonight's episode, I might not be that interested in hearing your opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if anybody wanted to hear the sound of excitement... So, Dan, tell me about Thursday... Okay, so Thursday is a band. I'm going to call them Screamo, even though I know they're not really Screamo. They're a Screamo band uh, that started in 1997. They're from New Brunswick, New Jersey. And they are literally one of the most influential bands in this style. 
Uh, their album Full Collapse from 2001 is like the blueprint for this type of music. And this type of music would be like emotional singing, very interesting melodic guitar work with a little bit of breakdowns and like some actual screaming over it. And it's delivered in such a melodic and fun, polished and emotional package. It can't be denied. I agree with everything you said, except for the polished aspect when it comes to his vocals. His vocals are brutal, dude, and not in a good way. They're really, really, really bad. Musically, man, they're fantastic. But I swear to God, it's... I mean, he sings through his nose the whole damn time. It just drives me insane. But that's my personal opinion. But outside of that, yeah, I, I love the music. I just wish I could, I could mute <laughs> his clean singing. It's terrible in the early going. I don't think there's an instrumental version of any of these albums to be bought. Well, wow. Um, well, Joe, why don't you um, edit out Jeff's singing and you sing over the top of it. It'll sound better, guaranteed. You trying to say I'm a bad singer, Jeff? Oh, uh, you know, I'm saying you're a better singer than the other Jeff. So better, meaning not that great? I'm saying the Jeff is not that great. Dan, I think I'm going to have to find the mute button. This might have been <laughs> well, the plan all along. <laughs> I, are we talking I, about waiting or are we going straight into full collapse? Well, I just can't understand. Like, do you not like bands like At the Drive In, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I understand. Or Glassjaw? Like, I do. But the so uh, I guess I'm, I guess what I'm having trouble figuring out is like how this is different than that, like his voice. The uniqueness of this individual's voice is not my cup of tea. I understand with this style of music, having a frontman with a very unique sound and a unique tone is important. This guy's uniqueness is just not my bag at all. But I really like the music. And I think that's, you know, as once he starts to sing better, really enjoy this, you know, what they what they uh, what they have to offer. But it, it's, it takes a long time for me to get to that point. Well, let's take a long time to get to that point, then uh, okay. we're going to start with their debut album, which is called Waiting. And this one was purchased after I had really gotten into full collapse and there really wasn't a whole lot more Thursday for me to check out that year. Uh, so I picked up Waiting, and I'm glad that I did because it's become kind of scarce lately. It's kind of harder to find. And uh, I'd love to have a vinyl version of it, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Apologies to the listener. What you're hearing probably came off of YouTube. Yeah, more than likely. I mean, you can't really stream this anymore. They had it on Spotify for a while, but then they took it down. It was some kind of re-release. But uh, I love Waiting. Waiting is one of my favorite Thursday albums. Uh, in my opinion, the first three songs are worth the price of admission. Uh, Porcelain, This Side of Brightness, and Ian Curtis are some of the best songs in this style that I've ever heard. Um, I really love Porcelain because Porcelain is the most emotional Thursday song, in my opinion. Like, I really enjoy hearing the emotion in his voice and yes his voice cracks it's a little tone deaf sounding that's actually what i like about it i like the rawness of it and i i think it's emotionally more impactful because it's not saying perfectly i get it i understand 
I just just don't like his voice. When you say not saying perfectly, it sounds like you're making an excuse for an otherwise lack of musical talent. No, I don't think there is a lack of musical talent. I've heard Jeff sing much better than this. But on this song in particular, I'm saying that because the vocal delivery is less polished, it does come across as more emotional. I don't have to make an excuse for Thursday. So you uh, like think, you like the the does it give you like the feel of vulnerability in his voice or something like that? Yes. Is that I mean he okay. almost sounds like he's crying on porcelain. Right, right. And you know, with the song being about suicide, it really hits home. Um, and one of the things I like about Thursday too is the screams. Uh, even whenever I was younger, I, I really enjoyed the screaming because the screaming sounded emotional too. Uh, it wasn't just trying to sound hardcore, you know. It was um, very well done. It, it it sounds like somebody's just like grasping on a boat, like they're trying to keep their composure, but it just they just can't. And so the scream, the backup screams, I think, really really sell it to me. Yeah, I, I don't. I actually, I think this those screams are very well done. I I agree with that. And I like the fact that, um, you know, there's additional stringed instruments on a lot of their tracks as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, This Side of Brightness has that. And that's a that's a fantastic song. It comes right in after Porcelain. It kind of cheers things up a little bit, whereas Porcelain was kind of a really dark song. And then you've got it sandwiched between Porcelain and Ian Curtis. And Ian Cur- Curtis is also a very emotional song. And... This record is very dark. It's probably the most emotionally dark Thursday record. It's not as hopeful as some of the other releases are. And um, it really like puts the emo in the emo, so to speak. Um, Everything is just kind of downtrodden, even down to the cover of the album, which is just like a car or truck parked in a snowy street, you know, like, and it's, it's black and white. So it's all like, it's all grayscale. Everything looks super dark. Um, contrast between between dark and light, and I think that's kind of what this album sounds like. It definitely the, just from the cover alone creates a huge mood uh, that, that's hard to shake, even if you've listened to the album a couple of times. There are several points throughout the discography, and especially on the first few releases, where my only comparison is to Billy Corgan in the original lineup of Smashing Pumpkins where it's almost so soft-spoken that it becomes annoying. And I am not saying Smashing Pumpkins is a bad band. I just don't get it. You know, it's it's interesting that you bring up Billy Corgan because that was, uh, stylistically, that was a correlation that I was making um, with kind of like the nasally sound of his voice. And, you know, I, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite here because there's a lot of pumpkin stuff that I really love. You definitely sound like a hypocrite. No, I I understand that, but as time has gone on, I I really I have discovered I really don't care for Billy Corgan's voice. I have always been able since I grew up with Smashing Pumpkins. I was always able to look past his lackluster vocals because the music was so good. I think it's what it, it what it has always come down to. So I you mean to tell me you think Billy Corgan has lackluster vocals? Yes. Wow. I mean, do you do you like stuff like Our Lady Peace or? I can't. I'm not a big fan of his voice either. 
Okay, so this is starting. You're seeing starting the pattern. to become a little bit more clear to me. Yeah, you see the pattern. It's it's not. It's there's a particular vocal styling that's just not my cup of tea, and Jeff does fit into uh, that style that's just is I'm not a big fan of in general. Well, let me uh, let me get a little personal here. Uh, okay. I was never a good singer, either. <clears throat> I uh, I was in choir once, and uh, was told by the choir teacher that I had no chance of ever being a good singer. I was never going to be good, you know. She was just calling a spade a spade, you know. But uh, I would always like my singing voice has always struggled with being on key, and so. When I got into punk rock and, and emo as a teenager, what attracted me to it was stuff like Our Lady Peace or um, Thursday and Glassjaw and bands like that because they all weren't what you would describe as great singers in the traditional sense. And I, I really latched on to them because they were like me. Because I could sing too in a not traditional sense and to, to find this entire genre of music where that was okay and it was part of the emotion of it you know and eventually I actually abandoned that and just went straight for screaming because it turns out that I had much much better pension for that um, but in those early days I tried doing a lot of different things and so a lot of my early demos and stuff that you listen to don't sound all that different from Jeff Rickley you know, uh, so I, I think I've got kind of a personal stake in it um, where I'm like, no, I, you know, it, it's it's like anything. Um, eventually, you listen to enough of it and you start to like it, whether it's garbage. I mean, it's the only, it's the only reason why people listen to Grindcore. Like, it really is. <laughs> um, but like for me, that non-traditional singing, you know, came across as more real and more emotional and kind of had this feeling of like I could do it, too. Um, and I think that's what my main attraction to Thursday was and uh, and still continues to be. So I think that's why I'm so defensive about it, because it it definitely filled a void for me when I was younger that, you know, that I needed, like in my musical development. It's gratifying. It almost gives you permission to do what you can as opposed to what everybody thinks is good. Correct. And in the case of Thursday, it worked. They, I mean, they were massively popular. Um, and you know the other bands I mentioned too, like At the Drive-In and, and Glassjaw, like Our Lady Peace, like those bands were all really, really popular. It worked. To get off of waiting for a minute, uh, we'll go into Full Collapse from 2001. Um, this record is not only great, but is a hell of a lot more upbeat than Waiting was. Uh, waiting was a very slow, depressing sort of record. And Full Collapse just comes right out of the gate with Understanding in a Car Crash, which is one of the first Thursday songs I ever heard. I'll talk about the music, actually, get off the vocals for a second. That song is one of the most musically complex, like, punk rock type songs I've heard. <laughs> um, it is it is very melodic. Um, and I just can't, I can't shake how that song makes me feel. But like everything's just in the pocket. The musicianship is on such a higher level than it was on waiting uh, that it's hard not to turn your head and take notice. Um, the screams are louder. The vocals are louder. 
um, everything is uh, it is perfect. You you took that band that recorded this depressing album called Waiting, and you gave them you gave them a budget, <laughs> and you threw them out there, and uh, you get Full Collapse, which has some of the greatest Thursday songs ever recorded on it. Yeah, well, it definitely has some of the most popular. The the greatest is yet to come, in my opinion. I was a little angry listening to this one. I started to get a Hope's Fall vibe. And then the false Billy Corgan vocals kind of overtook it. Maybe it's a true irrational hatred to this style that when I think about emo in the early to mid-2000s and how much I absolutely could not stand it, this is what I remember hating. And I don't remember why it was so bad but I think it had to do with the fact that people that had arguably less talent played it louder and called it metalcore metalcore in the non kill switch engage sense similarities to 2000, early 2000s metalcore are kind of valid I think a lot of these bands played emo really and some of them screamed more than other ones and some of those bands got lumped in and called metalcore bands and the ones that sang more were considered screamo bands even though none of those terms are technically correct when somebody says metalcore i'm like that doesn't really sound like converge does it (laughs) Uh, isn't this more like post-hardcore kind of that is what that is the genre tag that is put on bands like thursday is post-hardcore right even though i couldn't even begin to tell you what that's supposed to mean like hardcore is no longer a style or you know or these bands used to be hardcore but now they're not hardcore but thursday's just kind of always sounded like thursday right yeah it's not like they were what like afi who was who was like a real hardcore type band that went yeah in a much more mainstream direction yeah that that could definitely be called post hardcore (laughs) yeah without a doubt post hardcore Uh, aka pop music (laughs) <laughs> one of the things that I didn't uh, one of the things that I liked about Thursday was lyrically a lot of people claim to hate emo bands or bands that sound like this because oh, it was just a song about how his girlfriend left him there's like not a single Thursday song that's about that their songs are about a variety of topics and like very real stuff like like actual stuff about depression and suicide and as they go on more social awareness um, like the autobiography of a nation is like, hey, just wanted to let you guys know that you know, you know, we we live on American soil, but like, you know, we didn't live here first, and I'm not going to go any further than that. That's just what the band wrote about. Uh, but it's just I'm using it as an example of the type of topics that they would cover as a band versus like, oh, she left me and I hate her, and I'm going to bury her in my backyard, which is what a lot of bands that sounded like Thursday did. But it's, it's interesting that Thursday, being as innovative as they were to that style, really never went into those lyrical tropes. I would say standout songs on Full Collapse. You've got Understanding in a Car Crash, for sure. Um, you've got Cross Out the Eyes is awesome. Autobiography of a Nation is awesome. Uh, Paris in Flames. And my personal favorite, I Am the Killer. As he repeats over and over in the song, I am no killer, I am no killer. And at the very end of the song, he's like, I am the kill. (laughs) Which I thought was really fun. Maybe it's just the fact that I've been watching the Ted Bundy tapes recently. But when you talk about that song, 
I'm thinking, wasn't that the entire story they told? No, it wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. Okay, it was me. A lot of the times after serial killers get caught, they just start like telling the stories like in graphic detail. Because they're like, all right, well, I'm still going to be famous. I'm just going to be a famous monster. <laughs> well, I was um, say, yeah, once they're caught, you know, now they get to live out their other dream, which is explain in great te- detail all their accomplishments. It's kind of like, you know, a guy gets a podcast and he's like, check out this band that has bad singing and it's really good. I don't care what you guys say. <laughs> um, it's kind of like that. Um, yeah, pretty much. And Jeff I mean, talked about Ganglia on that episode. <laughs> I love this band, and uh, I think Full Collapse is absolutely essential if you're into this type of music. If you haven't heard it yet, you need to hear it. Um, Would you I consider it the, the pinnacle for them? I think it is. Uh, well, maybe their next record might be the pinnacle. Uh, which okay. we can jump into because I feel like I'm the only one talking here. 2003, um, War All the Time. War All the Time was the first time I saw Thursday on TV uh, for their song Signals Over the Air. And uh, it's the song where he's all like, and they put your sex there so they can put the sex on the radio. <laughs> and uh, this is basically just like Full Collapse, in my opinion. It's it's Full Collapse Part 2, uh, but with slight, slightly better songwriting. That's a plus, though. If you're a fan of this, it's more of that. It's almost like they had to tour on Full Collapse long enough to be relevant and people to be aware of them enough for them to be anticipating another release by Thursday. And so I think that they had a lot of hype going into them when this album was released, even though musically I don't think it's really that different than the last album. Yeah, I I do have to say that Jeff's singing is much better on this record. Yeah, it does. It's we're getting to the point where it's starting to improve. This is uh, as far as the early releases. This is easily uh, my preferred listen uh, of the early releases. You, did you did you guys know this was a top ten album? I mean, I didn't real. I mean, I realized that they were popular. I did not realize that they they reached number seven on the charts here in the states. Oh yeah, like like holy shit, like. Yeah, just was not expecting that. What year did mainstream emo take off as pop music? About 2002, 2003. My Chemical Romance, The Used. That's probably whenever they were starting to hit it big. That's when it was hitting mainstream. Thursday. Well, there, I, I think those two are quite a bit bigger than Thursday. I think Thursday... Did My Chemical Romance have a top 10 album? Oh, I'm pretty sure they did. Okay. I'm asking. I don't know. I don't listen to that band. No, I, yeah, but I, I guess what I was just trying to say is I think Thursday kind of paved the way those other bands came in at, after the fact. I think part of the reason why Jeff's singing is so much better on this record than it was on the last two, I think it's producers. Okay. I think this was a huge budget release, and I think a producer probably sat down and was like, well, guys, it's great that you made it this far but we're going to need to start really stepping it up. And I think uh, I think that's where we get songs that are s- slightly better. I say it's oh, me. better, but it's, well, like 30% better than what it was on the first two releases. Uh, like I said, I, I love Jeff's vocal delivery on the early releases and on this album. Um, I think that as we go further in the discography, his voice gets kind of boring and a little bit too normal. 
And I, yeah, it's a little less uh, of that style, and that's why I start to like it more and you like it less. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Going back to uh, My Chemical Romance, they had one that was number two and sold three million copies of The Black Parade. So, yeah, they, they did quite that well. Sounds that yeah. didn't happen until much later, though. It was three years later. So we're still paving the way in 2003. Right. 2006 is when My Chemical Romance would just totally burst out on the scene. They also got lots of teenage girls to buy their shit, too. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think that was Thursday. I think this is still mostly teenage dudes. Yep. It to- it, dude, it totally was. I had plenty of friends that are big Thursday fans, including you. <laughs> well, and I, I know I'm in the minority, uh, and I, I just think it's really interesting that it's the, the two people that are definitely in the minority are uh, in the majority on the podcast. And I think it's funny that no one has ever blamed Blink-182 directly for the uptick in emo right around 2003, 2004. I'm not sure how that correlates, though, because I wouldn't consider I wouldn't consider Blink-182 to be even like a stone's throw away from emo. Specifically, it's the way Tom sang because he did that for years. And then 2003, they released their self-titled album, which was mixed by seven or eight separate producers because they were just trying to create something different. And then he goes off and does Angels and Airwaves, and everybody's used to that whining singing in the pop culture. So what was the next logical thing? I don't think anybody really knew what they were focusing on when we started to pay attention to real emo bands. See, real emo was a decade before, in my opinion, but I'm an old Yeah, I mean, guy. to me, real emo is basically hardcore, you know? Um, or, you know, the, you, there's two lines of thought on that. There's the Jeff preference which is kind of your more lower key almost alternative rock influenced emo bands yeah and there's there's mine which goes off into like the screamo hardcore direction they're both accurate for the term right it's just two different ends of the spectrum of of what it is but you're right right. yeah i know that my style of emo actually has you know more of a uh you know like you said it's more understated and if anything it has that would be somewhat of a you know if you're going to tie it into metal it's going to be like it has some shoegazing elements into it absolutely but i think thursday has that i think it's just delivered in a tighter package this has got a lot more of the melodic elements in it than what you're used to with a hardcore band so you can't really call them a hardcore band even though they've got the screaming and stuff but they're also not like a sunny day real estate you know, where, where it's a little bit more downtrodden, a little bit more uh, slower, for lack of a better term. So what they did is they packaged it up, and then a lot of bands picked it up and went. You know, yeah, I hear a little bit of the Hope's Fall sound in here. I hear a little bit of, you know, the melodic hardcore sound in here. But it's delivered in such a such a slick package, and that's what I'm talking about with it being um, really polished sounding. Once you get to war all the time, everything Thursday does sounds very polished. Which is kind of weird, because I've always felt that the band had a very punk rock aesthetic to them but for whatever reason their recorded albums are very polished uh, from 2003 on well yeah i think part of that too um musically i think they've always been polished what's changed is the polish in jeff's voice right as it progresses and i think that's where you get that detachment 
And I think that's what makes, uh, you know, for a lot of people, the appeal on their earlier stuff and what makes it so striking is the fact that, uh, I mean, is you have these these imperfect vocals over perfect music. So uh, it's not necessarily perfect music, but it's it's very well executed. And then you have vocals that are purposely imperfect. And I think that's what a lot of people like about it. That's the appeal to melodic hardcore music. Right. Is that, you know, like a lot of people, they just would scream and that would create the imperfect vocal that you're talking about. Um, and in this case, though, it is the singing itself, uh, the clean singing, which I thought was actually kind of unusual. Yeah, because the screams are spot on. Yeah. I guess it was about, what, three years later, they put out a third album or a fourth album called A City by the Light Divided. 2006. I still like this record. I think it's really good. I think it sounds like Thursday. However, it is even more polished than what we'd had before. And they started losing me a little bit here because it, their music started just sounding like like melodic rock music. Um, there was another band that was popular at the time called Sparta. And that's what this record kind of reminds me of. I like Sparta. I like Sparta as well. As a matter of fact, the lead singer of Sparta used to be the backup vocalist for At The Drive-In, right. or That's I guess right. now is in At The Drive-In again. And I actually enjoy his vocals more than the lead singer of At The Drive-In, Cedric Bixler, uh, because his voice isn't quite as over the top. And there's a lot of comparisons I see between the singer from Sparta and the singer of Thursday, uh, really? whereas the singer of Sparta has a little bit better of a range, like a little bit, he's a little bit less tone deaf, for lack of a better term. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's the tonality for me that, because I'd like Sparta considerably more than I, I, I like Thursday. The Billy Corgan is in full effect on this one. Oh, I don't think so. I think he sounds way better on this. And I'm saying that from like a music critic standpoint, it sounds better. I personally prefer it to sound like it used to sound. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, there's some people that uh, you give them the choice that, you know, hey, I want to listen to Gish. You know, that's that's going to be like their go to for Smashing Pumpkins, because that's like that's where it all started for the most part. So, yeah, I, I get it. You know, you're looking for that style and you're losing that style now. Yeah, And it's weird because I don't think that they're really following trends here. I think this is the last Thursday album that I would. No, I would actually say it's the previous album more all the time was the last one that was innovative for the style of music that they got popular on. I think this is their first step away from that. And it's kind of a miss for me. I mean, I think it's still pretty good because it still sounds like Thursday. It's still basically the same thing, but it's they've definitely toned everything back a little bit. The songs aren't as fast and crazy. There's not as many like straightforward songs and it's a lot of just like slower paced emotional stuff. And I mean, I like that, but I'm not really always in the mood for it. Like, I can put full collapse on any day and enjoy myself, whereas this record, I have to kind of be in the mood for it. So their next one didn't come for another three years. They're kind of a three years band. I mean, full collapse and war all the time came out pretty close to one another, but it seems like after war all the time, they kind of just toured forever, and then it it took like three years to get a record out. Um, So their next one in 2009, Common Existence, Starts off really strong, but kind of devolves into that more alternative rock emo stuff that uh, the Jeff likes. 
yeah, um, we're starting to get closer and closer to, you know, my jam. <laughs> I almost got a Mars Volta vibe off of this one. And I'm wondering, was this the year that Emo actually decided to change again? Because you couldn't just tie everything up in the it's under oath or it's Thursday at the drive-in. Bands that had not been known for being as creative or non-standard songwriters were getting credit for it, whereas a band like Thursday had been doing it this whole time and just nobody noticed. I don't think what Thursday was doing on this record in 2009 is really representative of what emo was, is, will be. I think they were in that scene for a long time, and I think they paved the way for other bands that sounded like Thursday to come to the forefront. But I think here they kind of just focus on like noise. There's like some noisier songs on here, like musically. It's not as polished and melodic like the other stuff was, but it's more of like a they have like noisy parts and stuff. And it all just seems very like they wrote it on the road and it sounded kind of like their old stuff, but not really. <laughs> and it's really hard to categorize this because two records after war all the time, it sounds like the same singer, but it doesn't really sound like the same band. And I don't know if it's like lineup changes or, or what, but it just doesn't really strike the same way uh, that it did back then. The songs don't have the same type of immediacy to them. I mean, maybe I just outgrew the band. I don't know. From what I can see, they have a consistent lineup from 2003 onward. So they just collectively wanted to change. And change they did because... Um, yeah, I guess uh, the uh, the other thing, too, on uh, Common Existence, Tim McElrath does guest vocals. That's somebody whose voice I really do like. Who I think actually has uh, a very similar singing style to Jeff Rickley. Yeah, there's just something that, that cuts through uh, less nasal, more front-of-the-mouth kind of sound to it. I don't know. For me, they sound pretty similar. Like, it's almost like Owl City versus Reliant K, if you can make that connection. Uh, <laughs> wow. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? First time those have been brought up. Yeah. I know on this podcast, what is going on? I like Reliant K more. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I like Andrew WK more than that. Well, well, I'm you sure were. you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in 2011, they put out an album called uh, No Devolution. No Devolution. I don't, I this never actually might be it. the right time to say No Devolution. There that would be go. correct. There you go. Joe got it right. No Devolution. Vocal <laughs> major, motherfucker. Similar to Waiting, this is kind of a dark record. It's uh, It's slow. The singing is Billy Corgan. No, I don't. I don't think so. No, at all. this is the, this is the. I don't best. hear the Billy Corgan thing. I don't. I don't get that. I, I I did on some of the other stuff, but no, this this is by far Jeff's uh, highest quality vocals is on this album in my opinion, and I don't think it's even close. I think it was a uh, it was a breakthrough for him. As far, but yes, it is more of a mainstream sound with his vocals. There's no question about that. But I'm fine with that. I, it, um, 
this album was very, very relaxing for me. And I, it's easily my favorite album. But it is more of the shoegazing, downtrodden kind of feel to it that uh, that I like. I like that downtrodden, you know, kind of vibe to the to music. And this, uh, I kind of like this departure personally. And it's you know, <laughs> I haven't said it in a long time, but this is a lot more atmospheric. And that that's I think that's one of the big reasons why I dug it. You are now entering Jeffrey's atmosphere. Well, yeah, now the question is, is which Jeffs? <laughs> I think this is certainly atmospheric, considering how, like, emotionally impacting their older stuff was for me. This just sounds like boring crap to me. Like, yeah, his voice sounds better or whatever. There's a million bands out there that have a quote-unquote great singer. This just doesn't sound enough like Thursday to me for it to even count. Because me, like, my measuring stick is war all the time. So if it doesn't sound like that, you kind of lost me. And they definitely lost me on this record. I feel like they were trying to do something else. Like I, I brought up the Mars Volta before. Are they trying to create a soundscape and just not succeeding? Oh, they totally succeeded. Outside of Dan's critical opinion, it this was uh, a critic's darling of an album. I mean, people praise this thing pretty much universally. I don't know. I mean, it, I think uh, Dan's stuck in the past. He's looking for a particular style, and they're not producing that anymore, which is cool. That's why we have the old albums, you know? They're still right. there. Yep, they're still there. I mean, I'll I, still always tell, the, tell people that Thursday is one of my favorite bands of all time, you know, regardless of how I feel about the new release, you know? We do the same thing for In Flames. No, there was just too much betrayal there. Just curious because I know we we both of us like worship the altar of early in flames. So I was just kind of curious on that. The uh, no, I I really like this album. Uh, this was uh, this was the only one out of the discography that was uh, a hands down buy. I I really 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 like this album a lot. I mean a whole lot. I listened to this one probably 10 times this week. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I, I really enjoyed it. It was such an easy listen for me. It just struck a chord, which was frustrating for me because, you know, I know how much Dan loves Thursday and I wanted to like it too. And I just, until we got to this point, it was, you know, okay, it's pretty good. You know, I just don't care for the vocals or, you know, or, it's all right, but like Dan said, it sounds like a lot of other stuff. This one just, man, it was just like the perfect storm for me. I really, really enjoyed myself. But it's also more of atmospheric, like alt-rock kind of thing, which is definitely different than what they've done in the past. So this is your gateway into the band. Now you have to work your way backwards. Well, I mean, I have been trying to. Uh, it just, it didn't... I like this newer style than I did the older stuff. That's all. I mean, I'm just the opposite of what Dan is. Dan, at the you know, the only difference is there's a lot more of what Dan likes than what I like that Thursday has put out. So I really only have one album to listen to. Dan's got three, maybe four, uh, that he can comfortably uh, listen to. After no de-evolution, that was it. They're gone. 
they have re- reunited recently to do some shows, but it pretty much never turned into anything. Like they, they've been touring around playing full collapse in its entirety, uh, which I would definitely go to see. And that's got to be a dream for it. a They're fan. They're not really putting out new music. Is he still with that um, Lost, Lost Prophets uh, spinoff? You know, I don't know. I I meant to research that a little bit this week, but I didn't. Uh, it would be interesting to hear him sing the no or hear him sing the Lost Prophet songs, though. Oh, does he? I thought they were just. I just thought it was just like the dudes from Lost Prophets said they're leaving that shit in the past, and then they're they just move forward with Jeff. Maybe they maybe they did. I, I don't know a whole lot of any. To be honest with you. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't either. I didn't know if you did or not, since I know you're a fan of. Yeah, uh, of his. Out of respect for Dan, I'm going to give him the last thought and say, Jeff, final thoughts on Thursday. This is a prime example of me trying really hard and wanting to like a band. And uh, either they come up short or I've come up short or a combination thereof. Uh, But, you know, then uh, they kind of pull it out at the end of the no the evolution is uh, definitely the uh, cream of the crop for me, and I was not expecting that because I was not a huge fan of a lot of the other stuff that I was listening to before, mainly because of the vocals. That I mean, we've made it pretty clear on this episode that that's just not my style of vocals. I know they're touring. I really do wish that they would put out some new music because kind of leaving leaving off eight years ago with uh, no divya. No de-evolution. See, now Dan has me doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I was, I'm was. i very curious. I wanted to see what was going to come next, and I don't get to. I'm kind of bummed about that. Much like classic Smashing Pumpkins, I believe there is an audience for what the majority of people would consider to be melancholy bullshit. I don't think Thursday is bullshit. It's just not for me. I don't think Smashing Pumpkins is a terrible band back in the 90s. But for the most part, it's just melancholy. And it's not for me. I know that was their whole thing, too. Melancholy, Infinite Sadness. I think for somebody that's looking for the not normal, but not necessarily the aggressive or the extreme, Thursday might be your band. You know, on the grand scale of I want to do the opposite of what people consider to be normal or good, one person might pick up Grindcore. And I don't even mean the good Grindcore. I mean the drum machine in the corner of the room with the bass guitar that is being stepped on by the guy just gurgling. The really bad stuff. Somebody else might pick up Thursday. It's not normal. It's not pop. It doesn't work for me, but it definitely works for somebody. And if it's for you, listen to it. Dan, what about you? Well, I think Thursday is an incredibly innovative band. It got me into this style of music. It got a lot of people into this style of music. Um, personally, the band means a lot to me. I'll always enjoy their first four records like they are just solid gold. I mean, obviously it's not for everybody. But uh, for, but for me, I think you can't go wrong with Thursday. And if you like singers that put their heart out on their sleeves for everyone to see, I think you're going to find a lot to like here. What's your album of the week? 
my album of the week is All Else Failed by Zayo the very first Zayo album uh, I've been listening to that a lot uh, I got a vinyl copy of it a while back whenever it was re-released and it is awesome Jeff nice. what about you Until Fear No Longer Defines Us by Ghost Brigade that first that first song on there Into the Woods oh shit man talk about a hook right off the get go fucking love that that song and it's a little bit slower too and i a lot of acoustic elements to it and i fucking love it black sabbath master of reality old school because even when dan insists i listen to thursday i can always listen to black sabbath when i'm done wow you really showed me (laughs) (laughs) you know snarky snarky (laughs) i'm the only one that's allowed to trash on people's favorite bands (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of discography discussion you know there's a lot of ways you could reach out to us and talk to us we are all over your internet right now we're on facebook under discography discussion we are on twitter at discuss metal you can send us an email at dan and joe show at gmail.com you can send us uh pretty much anything you want in there uh we love getting band recommendations from you guys. Uh, sometimes it can be hard for me to decide what bands to talk about every week. So those listener suggestions really help us out. So drop us a line, give us a like on Facebook, send us a tweet, anything you want to do. And uh, pretty soon we might even actually have a voicemail set up for you guys to leave messages on, which will be a lot of fun. We will uh, we'll give you more information about that as we have it. And on that note, this has been episode 108 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money. Not everything seems clear. The future's not so bright. The only chance is not to waste your life. Have hope and have no fear. The truth walks by your side. 